Hi, everyone, and welcome to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health. I'm your host, Julie Alexandria, here on Dash Radio, bringing you the very latest in healthcare trends and news each week. And today we're joined by Shweta Panapa and Mark Schwartz from Providence St. Joseph Health. And we're also joined today by guest Sarah Ann Bauer. So we're going to be talking about the digital connection to consumers between episodes of care today. Now, remember, if you have any questions for our experts, please feel free to submit them via our Twitter handle or our Facebook page while we're live here today. We want to hear from you. And we can be found on Twitter at PSJH, that's at PSJH, and on Facebook as well under Providence St. Joseph Health. And don't forget to use the hashtag Future of Health, and we will be on the lookout for those throughout the show. So let's get it started first by welcoming everyone to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mark, if you could just tell us a little bit about your role at Providence St. Joseph Health. Yeah, great. My role at Providence is helping consumers do what they want to do on our websites um, and trying to do that as easy and simply as possible. So the way that I do that is um, doing a lot of um, experimentation on our site to help our consumers engage without having um, buttons that don't work for them or having experiences that are causing a lot of friction. So trying to create that in an easy way and at the same time provide relevant content along the way so that their journey around our websites is super easy. Where do you derive your inspiration for an easier sort of interface? Um, Really, my inspiration is from the consumer themselves. When you look at all of the ways that consumers are engaging digitally with sites like Amazon or sites like Apple, um, ease is really in the mind of the consumer, and consumers are expecting less clicks, less pages. Um, I just want something that works. Um, Even me as a consumer, when I go online and I have to wait too long for something to load, I immediately want to get out of that system, even though I understand what's working. So, you know, really the consumer is being the guide by what they're experiencing in all the great websites across the um, digital ecosystem today. It's so true. Isn't it amazing how our patience has become so short? Yeah, things that you might, I remember back in the day with AOL when you had a dial up and you're willing to keep dialing and deep keep dialing. Now, if something doesn't happen instantly, people leave. And that is the differentiator sometimes between whether you'll buy or whether you won't buy. So true. So true. It's keeping those eyeballs on the page. And as more and more consumers become digitally savvy, how has their website behavior changed? And what does that mean for healthcare companies like PSJH? I think one of the biggest things that's happening in the lives of consumers is the idea of mobile. Um, There's probably no place where you go where you're not seeing consumers with mobile devices. And so more and more mobile devices are the access point between a consumer and a brand. And as a result, things need to be able to be read on a mobile device. Transactions need to be happening on a mobile device. And someone needs to be able to experience the value in what they do. Um, One of my favorite examples um, that really shows to me what I aspire to be delivering Um, is one of my pet food companies that I buy my pet food for my dog. I can literally buy my dog's pet food in 20 seconds. Press a button to log in, press a button to confirm my credit card, and it's on its way. And so I think that mobile experience that's transactionally focused around ease is definitely the, the thing that's most inspiring about what the digital savvy customers expecting. 
Um, the last thing, and I think this same example illustrates it, and it's really why um, I'm motivated to help the consumer um, with my team at Providence, is about value. Um, consumers today are expecting a value exchange for the data they give and for their loyalty. Um, and so how that value exchange gets lived out, and that value exchange could be loyalty points, it could be um, easy checkout. I mean, how many people use the one-click checkout at Amazon? <laughs> so from a healthcare company, it's how can we deliver that same kind of experience? So if you're looking for a doctor, how can we deliver a doctor recommendation to you without you having to do a lot of clicks? If you're looking to schedule an appointment with an express care location, how can we bring that right up to where you are versus expecting you to do a lot of navigation? And how do we do that in the context of a mobile experience? Um, we're seeing more and more traffic come to any of our websites through mobile. And so that enablement is the, the critical thing that we're really, we're really trying to drive towards. And you just mentioned that's a perfect example, going online, you know, breaking out your mobile device and opening up an app and saying, okay, I need to find a provider. But what other things, what kind of information through search, websites, mobile apps, what are your customers looking for from a healthcare company? So maybe a step back to say, what are consumers looking for about health? Um, and Google is a good indicator of what they're looking for around health by looking at what they're delivering from a local search perspective. So um, in the good old days, you'd put a, a search into a Google search query and you get those blue links and you click to a consumer website. Now Google is delivering on the front page content around your condition, um, the ability to find maps and directions to whatever location you want, um, as well as the ability to, to schedule appointments, to schedule reservations. And so consumers are looking for all of that kind of um, condition-level content. Then they're looking for procedure-level content. Then they're looking for how can I get that procedure done and doing that in the most seamless and easy way. And so Google is a, a definitely enabler of us to be able to bring all that information to the consumer front and center, even within the, the Google portal itself, um, and then delivering what things do we then offer specifically to that consumer on our website. So um, the condition kind of content, Google has that covered. Um, they have um, some very visually appealing ways to look at the condition, the symptoms. But then what do we do uniquely on how we deal with that condition and then how can someone then quickly get to a doctor or get to a location to have that condition met? Um, so, you know, it's a really interesting multi-channel um, experience between Google and search um, to what you can do on search to then what you can actually do with us on our website to help close that loop. Mm -hmm. And what is PSJH doing to help consumers find more value from their website experience? Like, are there some key experiences that you try to add for each consumer? Yeah, I think one thing that we're trying to do is really understand and appeal to that utility nature of consumer. And so setting up our website in a way that can allow Google to pull whatever relevant data they need to make that um, transactional experience on their site as seamlessly um, and as easily accessible to consumers. Um, but then trying to create 
um, as clear a path for consumers when they get to their site or when they get to our site. So the notion around how do we uncover intent at the beginning of the consumer's journey on our site and then deliver to the consumer in the most personal and relevant ways that kind of answer to their solution. So um, when you think about all the different things on, on Providence and Joseph Healthcare site, um, you have information around doctors and you have information around hospitals. Um, you have content then that surrounds conditions. And so looking at your behavior on our site and what you're clicking at and using that as triggers of intent to then serve up things that are relevant for you. So if you're, for example, um, on a pediatric page and you're looking at pediatric content, um, how can I augment that pediatric content with things that might be helpful for you? So recommendations around getting physicals before your kid goes back to school or providing access to expressed care locations during the summer when your kid at camp might be injuring themselves. <laughs> and so it's really studying the, the consumer, what they're doing, and then trying to deliver those back in relevant ways. Um, uh, a second area around that same kind of thing is trying to give more control to the consumer um, related to what kinds of things they see and experience. So letting them um, sign up for email newsletters letting them sign up for classes, letting them sign up for things that they're interested in seeing and experiencing and receiving so that they can stay in the know about things that they um, might be interested in. Um, there's a lot of future things that we're thinking about. Um, one of the things in the Washington area that's been really dominant is um, because of the fires, the air quality um, isn't that great, but right. providing things like what would be an air quality report um, that we could proactively deliver to consumers, um, that would be really interesting. So trying to find what are those really helpful things that would make the consumer's health experience, not just healthcare experience, but health experience, be richer and deeper and more meaningful to make their lives better. Sure, because it really is all about that personalized experience. And I think that is that sense of belonging. It's the sense of feeling like someone's looking out for you. And it's that sense of familiarity when you go to open that app. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned the air quality. I mean, that's perfect if you're living in a place that has suffered the wildfire damage. I mean, that is a huge concern. How much of your day is spent kind of critical thinking about those things and, you know, using location or climate or anything like that that kind of influences people on a personal level? Yeah, even think about flu, flu season. So flu season has an actual pattern. It travels around the country. Being able to be aware of where there's um, denser issues related to flu so you can be more preventative and proactive um, as you travel or as you um, are trying to manage your health. Um, we're, we've been doing some research lately around what do consumers want from a personalized experience mm -hmm. and what would they do as a result of that. And one of the things that constantly amazes me is how much, one, trust consumers have in healthcare companies, um, but two, how open they are to give you lots of relevant information as long as, here's a quote, that you can help me and my family. Mm -hmm. And it's impressive in a, in a culture where people are 
you know, hearing about data breaches here and there, when it comes to health, they're willing to give more to be able to get more to help themselves and their family and how important health is to people that they're willing to risk their data for something like that. So how can we be good stewards of that trust and deliver health-related things like information around flu, like information around health care, or around um, the air quality that would actually help them in their health journey? Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the trust, but is there anything else when it comes to personalized experiences that are foundational or rather non-negotiable in the eyes of your patients? Is there an ideal state for that? Yeah. Well, first, I think the notion around utility is really critical. Um, People need to be able to do all of those key things that they need to do to manage their health care. So I need to be able to access my doctor. I need to be able to access my records. I need to be able to schedule appointments. Um, I need to be able to manage um, finding um, locations as I'm driving. So some of those basic utility functions have to be um, easily accessible and easily maneuverable, particularly on uh, a mobile site. So I think that that whole utility layer is really critical. I think the second layer that becomes non-negotiable, and it kind of still connects to that, is um, how is it helpful and what's in it for me? Um, and so if you're going to be delivering a newsletter, um, deliver that newsletter in a way that's related to things that I care about and that is relevant for me. So, you know, make sure the content fits with my geography. Make sure the content fits with the time frame that you're sending that communication. Make sure it's relevant to the things that I do. Um, I think the third, and it's where there's a lot of opportunities and you see a lot of companies investing in this, how can you give me tools that can proactively help me manage my health in more effective ways? Um, One of the things that we've been um, exploring within the Providence ecosystem are some of our health risk assessments. Um, We have one on heart, we have one on stroke, but a tool that someone can come in and get some understanding of where they play related to a certain topic to see, am I at risk, am I not at risk, and then to get relevant either recommendations or a proactive call to schedule an appointment. It's those kind of helpful applications, those helpful kinds of experiences that take the complex topic around health and make it simple and actionable that both I can do, I can recommend to my elderly parents that I might be responsible for. I can also think of that for people in my community. So those helpful kinds of tools. So utility for sure is first, um, supportive and helpful um, content. Um, And then finally, just what are helpful tools that will help me be more effective in being the healthcare manager of my home and family? Well, that's all that any of us could ever want is to make the entire medical experience easier and more digestible and more personal. Well, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health here on Dash Radio. I'm Julie Alexandria. We will be back with Mark Schwartz in just a bit. You got me some type of way. Ain't just the feeling this way Mm-mm. I do not know what to say yeah, yeah. But I know I shouldn't think about it 
And we're talking about digital connection to consumers and how to make the entire medical process just a little more personal and that much more accessible. So, Mark, let's continue this conversation. If you could share one thing about consumers that has inspired or challenged you, what would it be? Um, I think it's something I alluded to before, but it's that responsibility of trust that they are placing in, uh, in us as a healthcare company. Um, and the realization that um, more and more people are dealing with very complex health situations um, with the aging of the baby boom population. Um, you have more and more families that are responsible for so many different healthcare conditions. And one of the realities of healthcare, this might be a surprise to people, no healthcare provider is perfect and content <laughs> is available to everyone. And so many, many people come in with some bit of knowledge, but that bit of knowledge both makes them helpful, but also makes it scary and dangerous. And so when you have so much information available 
and you have so many different people that you're responsible for and you're trusting a healthcare company, it is a big responsibility to figure out how can I not scare you? How can I help you? How can I deliver tools that are going to help you? And how do I ensure that whatever I deliver to you is going to be easy and in a language and in a a manner that you can actually do something with? And it's a huge responsibility, but it's a huge opportunity. Um, You know, the whole notion around Providence of helping, especially the poor and vulnerable, gives you that added emphasis to how can I help people more? And balancing all those things is a it's a it's a big daunting but really exciting and life impacting task that we're working on mm-hmm. well now we're going to open up the topic to our social media platforms we're going to take some questions from the audience so first up is beth on twitter and she asks i always think of healthcare as being really far behind do you think that you're competing with the amazons out there Beth, I love you. You're speaking to my language. <laughs> yes. Um, it's one of the reasons why I left Microsoft to come work in healthcare is that um, we're behind the times. We're not behind the times because of intent. I think we're behind the times because we've been so focused around helping people and people to people help people that the knowledge around how technology helps is not always that easy. Um, but that definitely is um, who we think about. Um, the Amazons of the world, the Ebays of the world, all those places where you can go and transact in really easy ways. And as more and more medicine becomes virtual and as more and more content gets to be experienced online, yes. So the notion around how can we take data and provide recommendations that are helpful for you based on you or based on people like you, um, doing those kinds of things that you expect from any kind of company, a one-click transaction to be able to schedule an appointment. Um, I love the I love the MyChart app. Um, I had hand surgery um, a month ago, and to be able to schedule all my follow-up appointments in relatively few clicks um, in the middle of doing everyday life, I love that, and that's what we aspire to help our consumers to do. Yeah, I'll definitely Great second question. that. Uh, MyChart is phenomenal. I use it personally. It's easy. It's quick. It's great. Now, Adrian from Facebook asks, how do you balance the needs of millennials and baby boomers at the same time? That's a good question. That is an amazing question. Um, And I think where you see that most is in what the maturity level of technology and what the expectation is. So the more more, um, elderly the, the audience, the more accustomed they are to human beings. And so how do you provide more human being solutions? Um, How do you provide easy access to phone numbers so they can actually talk to people? Um, It's the younger generation that is more technologically sophisticated but have more of the technical expectations. And so that's where a lot of the apps, our Health Connect app is a really great example where it's a tool that could be on your mobile phone that you can access all your records, easy ways that you can schedule any different kind of appointment. And so it's being aware of uh, from almost birth to death that we're responsible for and how do we provide tooling that hits you as you go through that entire life cycle. So those things that require more um, 
physical interactions, drive them to those physical locations, those that are more comfortable with technology. Um, It came out in our personalization research that we're doing right now that the millennials are very different, expect a different level of personalization. So being able then to use data to drive more relevant experience per um, life stage is really important. So yeah, great question. Great question. I have a confession to make, Mark. I'm a millennial, but I still enjoy talking to a real person. So having those phone numbers, I got to say, still help me. Me too. <laughs> I get that. And I think that's why no one, there's no really one complete bucket. We all merge and have different elements to it. My mom got her first um, telephone that actually is not connected to the wall. That was a huge thing for her. So advancement for all ages. (laughs) No more landlines. All right. Well, Mark Schwartz, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it so much and all of your insights when it comes to digital connection. Thank you. Super fun. Thanks. Well, this seems like the perfect time to introduce our next guest, introducing Sarah Ann Bauer. She's a mom of twins and is a longtime user and big fan of the Circle app. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, tell us, how did you sort of first start using the Circle app and what's been in your involvement and experience with it? Yeah, when I first started using the Circle app about in the closeness to the third trimester in the pregnancy, my doctor actually referred me to it, um, a Swedish doctor, and he told me it'd be a great app to download to help track progress, especially track my weight as I'm gaining with the twins and then how to track losing it on the flip side. Oh, and I've wow. been loving it so far. Yeah, it's been a great app to keep track of everything. What sort of struck you as you first, if you can go back to that day when you mm-hmm. first downloaded the app, what sort of struck you and your first impressions of it? I loved all of the articles that I'm very much, I'm a very kind of person who looks into depth into all the different research and knowing that Swedish took the time to compile these articles that are good, solid information that I can trust instead of going to Google was phenomenal. It was such a great resource and that just really attracted me to only have to go to one resource instead of a hundred. Yeah, absolutely. And also to find reliable sources, right? Because what happens when you enter something online? I mean, you could be getting all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And Swedish, the doctors, they, I love how they just, they tell you to go here. If you have questions, instead of calling the office, you can get questions answered faster by just going to the app. And it gives you the peace of mind knowing that, that they're behind the app as well. So it saved you a lot of time. A lot of time. And twins, that's crucial. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. And it's funny. I, I can relate. I'm personally in my third trimester right now. And Congratulations. I thank you. Thank you. And I just downloaded the Circle app and I was playing on it the other day and I was kind of checking it out. And you're right. It's incredible. And also, and let me know if you agree with this, there's sort of a sense of community because you know that you're not alone, whatever it is that you're going through, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're feeling symptoms or, you know, thereof, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you're not alone and this is normal. Exactly. Yeah. It gives you that. Yeah, exactly. The source of community. And especially when you become a mom after you have the child, you need that sense of community. And even though it's just an app, you get that and it's wonderful. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. And my next question is that, you know, I know it goes past pregnancy all the way until your kids are teenagers. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been using the app and sort of what's been the progression out of pregnancy and into motherhood? 
I, when I, when the twins were first born, I was on the app daily, just trying to track their progress, looking for questions. We I mean, being a first time mom, I don't know what's gas and what's not gas and all those different first time what if questions that a mom has. And so I was on there every morning, just looking at the different articles, what new information came up, what can I expect this week of their development. And then after about three months, um, when I wasn't up in the middle of the night with them, I was on there maybe every couple of days just looking at what I look, looking forward to what their developmental changes are going to be. And now at about 10 months, I'm on there about maybe once a week uh, on the Friday because every change their week every Friday. And so it's like, what can I look forward to? What kind of changes can I expect? What kind of things developmentally can I help them with? And what are they focusing on? Um, and the Swedish app has given me so many great ideas of different toys to introduce or when to start brushing their teeth. Um, those little reminders that have been popping up on a weekly basis have been so helpful now when the twins are getting into everything and are everywhere. I don't have time to be on my phone as much. And it, all the information is right there on the front screen of what I should be doing this specific week. Oh, my gosh. I'm exhausted just thinking about that. <laughs> That makes it easy. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Was there any one particular interaction that you had with the app, any one experience where it really came in handy and you were just incredibly relieved to get an answer and get it fast? Yeah, actually, a couple of weeks ago, Penny, our our daughter, had a really bad uh, fungus yeast infection. And I thought it was a diaper rash. Later on, we found out it was fungus. But I, she was, when she peed, she was in so much pain. And so I went to the app and tried to figure it out, thinking it might have been a UTI. Mm. And the app was saying, if there's any discomfort in urinating, you need to go to an urgent care. And so we ended up going to the urgent care. And they were very. I, we were happy that we did, even though it wasn't a UTI. It was just a diaper rash. It gave us a peace of mind knowing, okay, these are the symptoms I should look for if it is a UTI or if it is just a diaper rash. And this is when you should take your child in. Um, and that was it was a quick, easy answer instead of having to be on the phone and waiting for someone to call me back. Absolutely. And could have potentially Mm -hmm. saved you a trip to the ER should it not have been something that needed medical attention. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's go back to your third trimester when you first downloaded the app. I know that Mm -hmm. they also tie in my chart. Did you find that helpful to be able to schedule and make your doctor's appointments? I did. And especially being able to pull up the app and that's the first thing that you see are your appointments. I mean, you have Prego brain where you forget everything, but when you pull up the app, it says, oh, Monday at this time with Dr. Bourne, boom, there's your appointment. So you don't have to forget. And it's a constant reminder. That was really, really helpful. I'm sure. Well, yeah, keeping track of everything, especially when you have twins, my goodness. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, you're more, you're not just a, a, a mom, even though, I mean, that is like, you know, the toughest job ever. You're a spin Mm -hmm. and water aerobics instructor as well. And you're an avid cyclist who loves being outdoors. So I I would imagine that being able to have in your pocket this mobile app and Mm -hmm. to take it with you while you're on the go, while you're teaching or while you're just maybe going for a jog outside has to be so accessible and so helpful. It is. It's tremendous just to have everything in one location. I think that's the biggest thing. And Swedish has done a great job of getting everything in one location too. Did you recommend this to any of your other mom friends? Oh my gosh. Yes. And Swedish in general, when they when they're looking for a different a provider of any kind and they go, go to Swedish and they have, by the way, there's this app that's fantastic and it tracks everything. And from initially when we, I met with some of the Swedish people for the app, um, they've, I think they've in, or they've, enhance their trackings of the different things like diaper changes and feedings and everything. And that in and of itself is 
so beneficial for a new mom. We didn't get into at that point and we had two babies. So we just ended up using paper because it was simpler for us. Um, but for a single mom or a mom of single kids, it would, it is tremendous to have those trackers right there instead of having to go to three different sources. Oh, absolutely. It saves you so much time and Mm-hmm. comparing <laughs> and well, thinking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is what you don't have time for. Awesome. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Sarah Ann, for joining us and for sharing your experience with the circle app. We appreciate it so much and good luck with those two 10 month olds. My goodness. You have your hands I full. I do. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks. Waking up next to you in the future of health. We're talking about digital connection to consumers and how to make the entire medical process just a little more personal and that much more accessible. Shweta, if you could describe for us your role with Providence St. Joseph Health. Yeah, um, so I lead the digital experience team at Providence St. Joseph Health. 
Um, it's a very exciting area for me personally. Um, at a high level, my role is to ensure that our uh, customers have a positive and fulfilling experience with our digital products and channels like our websites, our uh, phone apps, and others. Um, I have a background in e-commerce, and to be able to apply some of those e-commerce principles uh, around customer centricity to healthcare is a very rewarding way uh, to spend my day. Um, there's this combination of a tremendous opportunity in healthcare to be better uh, and and to have this responsibility to positively impact many, many lives in healthcare that uh, I didn't quite have in any of my previous roles before. So this is a very exciting place to be. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this opportunity because I know you came from Amazon. That is your background. But when you think of healthcare, you don't always really connect that with sort of digital connection to consumers. So what role would you say that digital plays in how people experience and engage with healthcare? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say there's parallels in how healthcare has come along, just like e-commerce and retail have come along from the olden days of retail stores to online e-commerce now. Uh, traditionally, healthcare was all about uh, we buy prime real estate, we will build these big buildings, and they will come. Now, there's a new way of looking at the needs of our community. Uh, consumers are moving on to digitally enabling every aspect of their life. Um, in healthcare specifically, we need to meet the patients where they are. Uh, and what that means is uh, enabling multiple touch points and channels where we can help our patients quickly connect and access the care they need. Um, in many ways, we've, we as health systems have asked uh, our patients to be the quote-unquote general contractor for their own care. So they have to find their own right doctor, which is covered by their insurance, get appointments and procedures scheduled. Do, if they're going in for a procedure, they have to get some pre-surgical prep done. There's post-op care, rehab, and managing all of the bills. And all of this while they're managing a health condition that brought them to us in the first place. We have the opportunity to delight patients through digital in these cases by making it easy for them to schedule appointments online, um, helping connect them through whatever channel they want to, whether it's telehealth or in person, to talk to a specialist who can walk them through a personalized uh, treatment plan. These are, these are all ways that can be enabled by the digital that can improve how people experience healthcare. Sort of um, creating a patient autonomy and letting them sort of direct their course using your digital tools. Absolutely, and, and making it simple and familiar to them. Uh, that's one of the things we do at Providence St. Joseph Health. For instance, we our, our um, online appointment scheduling app looks a lot like the Open Table app because that's what people <laughs> are used to. Sure. Um, we, have, uh, we have this really neat um, uh, product where we, uh, we send healthcare practitioners to patient homes. We call it Express Care at Home. Um, and it looks a lot like uh, Lyft or Uber, where just like you would call a ride to your home, you call a healthcare practitioner to your home. And by making it familiar, by making it easy, we take away that one step of friction in delivering good healthcare experiences.
Mm-hmm. Was that one of your inspirations when it came to creating these? Inspiration when it comes to making it easy, absolutely. I think all of these apps have uh, have the the reason they've disrupted and revolutionized a lot of industries is they're they're really raising the bar on delivering easy experiences. So the consumer threshold for friction-filled experiences is going really, really down, which is, a, which is a good thing. As a consumer, I enjoy it when things are easy. Of course. I think, I think everybody would agree with that. And what are some of the similarities between how you've approached consumer experience innovation, where you were with Amazon, if you can compare it, now to healthcare with PSJH? And what are some of the biggest differences there? I mean, one is e-commerce and of course one is healthcare, but what would you say is similar and what would you say is different? Um, yeah, so in terms of similarities, one thing we do here that we also did at Amazon is we only focused on things that matter to consumers and things that won't change. So in terms, of, so at Amazon, the three pillars or the three things that matter to matter most to uh, its consumers are price, selection, and convenience. Mm-hmm. In healthcare, patients care most about, similarly, lower costs, better outcomes, and a positive experience. Um, a lot of times people believe that Amazon is amazing, it, it can predict the future, but I think the reason they keep making the right choices is because they are, they are obsessively only focusing on customer priorities that won't change. And that's what we need to be doing in healthcare as well. Um, the doctor-patient relationship has changed uh, remarkably uh, over, over the last 50 years or so. It's not the anchor that it used to be. Consumers, there was I, there was a research or survey done that talked about how consumers would consider um, changing providers. Uh, 71% of consumers would consider changing providers if it meant they could save money. So it's there's new challenges to customer loyalty um, uh, in healthcare, and it's different from how it used to be. Um, and so, by so what so the, and so the by focusing on the things that matter to consumers, um, we we've we've created this notion of how we have to create a ten times better experience, a ten times better digital experience. Uh, that delivers care to our patients. There's this old adage in tech that talks about how an experience has to be at least 10 times better for uh, consumers to adopt it. Otherwise, uh, inertia, otherwise consumers will just use their original option mm-hmm. because of inertia. Um, so we've created, for instance, we've applied this notion of a 10x better experience and we've created this suite of services known as Express Care, which uh, delivers care when, where, and how patients want it for non-emergency care. Uh, We've also applied this notion of a better experience to consumer engagement through a platform called Circle. Um, Circle is uh, is a platform that we built in-house, but it was spun out uh, and bought by a company called Wildflower Health. It's a personalization platform which delivers relevant and customized content, products, and services to women um, to help manage the health of their families. It starts with maternity 
and expectant mothers, and it goes all the way through pediatrics. That's right. And I recently downloaded that app because I'm personally expecting... And oh, I, I <laughs> thank you. And I, I went in and I have to say, you guys did a fantastic, phenomenal job. It's amazing. Thank you. And thank you. for those listening, maybe you can go into a little more detail about it. And because I, I just love that you not only do you have the ability to track a pregnancy, I mean, you just you enter the bare minimum amount of your own personal details, and it gives you so much information. I mean, I would say that the time that I spent on the app, I would say I was there for like at least a half an hour (laughs) reading about (laughs) so much, and there was so much information, and you made it so incredibly easy to digest, and I know you've also been working with some bloggers and influencers as well, so we'll get into that in a minute, but if you could just um, sort of explain what that app is, because I think every mother, whether they be expectant or whether they be a current mom um, or, you know, just thinking about having kids, I think uh, they can learn so much from the Circle app. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear uh, that it's been valuable to you. And what you what you talked about, about spending time on it, that's that's one of its core features that make it awesome is that it has trusted and personalized content that is specific to you and where you are in your uh, journey with your pregnancy. Um, there's like, so I'm a big fan of Google, but Dr. Google has so much information. How do you know what what you can rely on and what you can't? And the Circle app provides this uh, this trusted content that comes from uh, not only trusted sources, but depending on which locale you're in, also from your actual physicians. And so it it personalizes the information you see based on your due date, um, where you're located, uh, what type of diagnosis you have, and so forth. It it does really neat things, which especially help when you have pregnancy brain. I know I did. Uh, It helps you... (laughs) Uh, give uh, appointment reminders because it connects directly with your electronic medical record. Um, you get information as a mom to non even non-medical services like classes, group tours, and even community uh, programs. And I think the uh, one of the other big pieces is that it it knows the most commonly asked questions each of us have in our pregnancy journey and is it preemptively bubbles up that information to you at the right time. So as you go, you feel like you have this trusted information partner that is helping you through your uh, journey. With Yeah, it's amazing. It's almost like you have your doctor in your pocket and you can reference it at any time. And the notifications are incredibly helpful. And it also gives you a sense of sort of not being alone, that you know that other people are going through the exact same thing, whether you be at week 10 or week 32 going through the process, or whether you have a toddler who is teething, or whether your you know, 15-year-old is you know, uh, spending too much time online, whatever it may be, it sort of creates a sense of community and accessibility, which is fantastic. Yes, and almost inner peace because you know you're not the only one dealing with those problems. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know you also recently worked with a few influencers and bloggers to help spread the word about the Circle app. And one of them was Jenny Hogan, who's well known for being a total techie. And she tried Circle and she was very impressed. And she couldn't join us today, unfortunately. But I'm going to read a quote that she wrote about the Circle app. She says, here's why I love it. It's an app with the most current and trusted health information you need to know about your pregnancy and your baby's development. And it's all in one place. This app is the one place I go to save me from having to think about doing all of these things. It thinks for me. It helps me remember when I have appointments and reminds me when I need to make them. And when you connect to my chart through Circle, you receive appointment reminders for you and your baby, which helps so much when you're not looking at your calendar every day on maternity leave. And it makes me feel smart as I venture from pregnancy to being a new mom again. It even offers breastfeeding support via live secure video chat. Yes, after hours too. I love it. Unquote. That is from Jenny Hogan. And that's what she had to say about the Circle app. When I got a second that, I mean, I strongly suggest that any mom or mom-to-be download the app because it is absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And it also incorporates other concerns from other moms. Shveta, this is a pretty common response, and I'm even seconding Jenny Hogan's uh, sentiments here. Pretty common response from moms when they first learn about it. Is is that been your experience, That just a very positive reaction? Yes, absolutely. The one thing we hear over and over again is uh, th- this feeling of... Uh, um, not quite contentment. Let me think of a good word. Uh, this feeling of satisfaction and confidence that they have the right information uh, to help manage their health and the health of their families. Um, and from the start, we focused on building what we call the daily habit, uh, which is how we uh, drive our patients' engagement with us. And our pillars have always, we've always had three pillars when we build Circle. One is easy access to personalized family health information. Second is easy access to providers and services. And then the third is trusted and curated health, health-related resources. All of the, those three pieces are, are uh, incredibly valuable, but really hard to find in the same place. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hear more from Shweta and more about digital connection to consumers. We'll be right back. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho, a little bit psycho. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, out my mind. Oh, she's hot but a psycho, so left but she's right though. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, out my mind. She'll make you curse, but she a blessing. She'll rip your shirt. And but they see that people say 
Welcome back to Future of Health with Providence St. Joseph Health. We are talking to Shveta about all of these apps and how to make digital connection to consumers all that much more personalized and all that much more easier. So Shveta, you know, healthcare, as we were discussing before, it's so very transactional. Is there a reason for consumers to stay connected with an organization in between the times that they need the care, basically in between doctor appointments? And how do you make that happen? Yeah, um, you're, you're right. Healthcare is very transactional. The only time when a consumer would want to think about us is when they're sick or they need care. Um, I talked a little bit about how delivering a 10 times better experience online uh, helps consumers interact with us more online. So the second phase after they've decided to interact with us online is to engage with them on an ongoing basis through a personalized health platform. And the the reason the value proposition for a consumer to stay connected with us between episodes of care would would only uh, come would only be possible if we were able to give them content or information that helps improve the quality of their life and their health. Um, healthcare is challenging because unlike other industries and services that we use as consumers, there isn't quite a natural engagement model that that is frequent. Um, we often only we only interact when there's something wrong. But in places like banking or uh, or e-commerce shopping, that that's that that is more of a daily habit. Uh, I, the way we overcome this is by engaging consumers with, like I said, the right content. Uh, between those episodes of care um, by creating digital engagement platforms like Circle, where we provide um, personalized content, uh, products, and services to manage the health of, uh, to manage women's health and their families' health. Uh, that is how we create this engagement model between those episodes. And how important is it? to create that experience to provide your patients and your customers so that they feel that it's tailored, that it's personalized. How do you deliver that in a digital world? Yeah, so in a world where consumers are used to services like Netflix and Amazon that give them recommendations on what they should do next, there's no reason why healthcare should be behind. In fact, if anything, as as a healthcare provider, we have the most data and information on a consumer that we can use to help make their lives better. Um, so there's there's multiple places where personalized experience can be delivered. Uh, their personalized experiences can be delivered with uh, doctors and healthcare providers because consumers want to be heard, understood, and given clear directions that are tailored to their individual needs by their doctors. And there's a lot to be said about personalized medicine that I won't go into right now. But in the digital space, we can deliver personalized experiences in a few ways. And the most basic one is by rethinking consumer experience design to deliver personalized content based on where the consumer is in their healthcare journey. 
and this is across all touch points that a consumer might use to interact with us, whether it's our website, our app, or even our call center. Um, so the, the Providence St. Joseph Health credo for uh, serving our customers is know me, care for me, ease my way. And so this is the foundation of how we think about personalization. We want to know our consumers, to be able to care for them and ease their way in their healthcare journey. That's um, fantastic. And where can another, people... Go ahead. Another way that we uh, deliver personalized, a personalized experience is by giving them convenient healthcare options. Um, consumers seek access to care when, how, and where they believe it best suits them. So whether it's uh, these retail walk-in clinics that we've uh, that, that we have opened in partnership with Walgreens, or if it's our uh, virtual telehealth product where people can do um, online video uh, visits with physicians, all of those are healthcare options that they get to choose from. And where can people find out more about your organization? They can go to future.psjhealth.org. Lots of great info there. Fantastic. Well, Shweta, thank you so much for calling in today. We appreciate it so much. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Sarah Ann, for joining us as well today, and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. They're fantastic as always. And we look forward to a future topic with more experts from Providence St. Joseph Health. And be sure to follow us, Providence St. Joseph Health, on social media. That's PSJH on Twitter and Instagram and Providence St. Joseph Health on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. For Dash Radio and Providence St. Joseph Health, I'm Julie Alexandria. We'll see you next time.